George is going to come and read from John chapter 10. In the very middle of the Gospel of John, literally in the very middle, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 22. It was the time of the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking at the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe, because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the, am, I and the Father are one. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. How many dads today will receive a card that says something like this. You are the number one dad. How many number one dads are there, even in our midst? Have you ever seen that confusion on a child's face? Where they might argue with one another, no, my dad is the number one dad. Even as they pull the card out of the slot and there's other cards behind it, number one dad, number one dad, number one dad. I asked my son, my youngest, who's five yesterday, Sammy, Who is the best daddy? Am I the best daddy? He said, no. And I thought he was going to say, God's the best daddy, but he didn't. He said, mommy. (laughs) I said, but she's already had a day. I saw a card that said, most valuable dad. And then in the inside of the card, it said, dad. You're one in a million, which is roughly the odds of everybody being ready and in the car when you want to leave. (laughs) You ever feel that on a Sunday morning? I'm sure you do. I don't. I never fight with my wife on the way to church or my children. We take separate cars. (laughs) And it's an amazing thing. Two weeks on this passage. I knew today was full, and it's full of glory. It's full of saying farewell and bringing news that's hard. Some of you are shocked by that, I'm sure, and still trying to wrestle with that. But it's good news, too. But there's enough time for me to whet your appetite for the truth of what this passage says. And I want to do it in the way of an illustration. And I need a child. I'd like a child, maybe a four- or five- or six-year-old child, who would be willing to come down and do something with me for just a second? Anybody out there? A little boy, a little girl, doesn't matter. You want to come on up. Perfect. Hi. 
Good morning. Let's step right up here. Can you, can you tell everybody your name? Georgia. Hi, Georgia. Are you having a good day? Did you know it's Father's Day? Did you tell your daddy happy Father's Day? Okay. We're going to do something that's really neat. We're going to pretend for a moment that I'm God. Okay. Am I God? No. I'm not. But we're going to pretend for a moment that I am. And you're going to be you. And your name is Georgia. How old are you, Georgia? Eight years old. Okay. Georgia, I want you to grab hold of my hand. And I want you to actually hold it right there on my wrist as hard as you can. Okay? Now, don't hurt yourself. Now, I want you to pull away from me. Go. Go as hard as you can away. Just keep going. You want to wear her out? I can. Georgia, do you think you could get out of my grip? How come? I'm stronger than you, aren't I? I'm bigger than you, aren't I? Yeah. Try again. Okay, Georgia, I'm going to stop pretending now. I'm no longer God. I'm going to let go of your arm. You've been great. I'm going to tell you why I did this. You can go sit down. Many times when I've spoken at youth conferences, I've described God's grip on us that way, that he can never let us go. Once the Lord clings to us, we can even let go. We can even pull. We can even wrestle. But if we're his... If we have heard his voice, if we have followed him and confessed our need for a savior, he is incapable of letting us go. Now, every illustration has its flaws, and this one does too. Truth be told, I'm not God. Truth is, George is going to get a little bit older, a little bit stronger, and I'm going to get a little bit older too, and a little bit weaker, needing to sleep growing weak physically, there would be a day when I would be unable to hold that little girl's hand. I don't know when it's going to come, but it would come. But not God. God never gets weak. He never sleeps. His power is so perfect, and we're held in his grip. And we cannot be lost. God's hand is on you if You are a believer in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says so here. The beginning of this passage, they're celebrating Hanukkah, actually. It's cold, I'm sure. It's that time of year. And Jesus begins to speak to the Jews. I'm not going to get into the debate that they're having, but I want to highlight what Jesus says. Go to verse 27. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them And they follow me. Let's stop there for a moment. If you are a Christian, it is because at some point in your life, as a child or as an adult, as a teenager or as a senior citizen, at some point in your life, you heard the voice of God. It wasn't audible probably, but it was with his word. And it was the spirit of God moving in you. It's called effectual calling. It is the Lord revealing himself to you. It can happen when you're really young so that children sometimes say, I never knew a day I didn't know Jesus. It's because early on they heard his voice. Many of our covenant children have that reality. But some don't hear it that early. Remember the Florida trip a few weeks ago? Remember how we prayed? Let me tell you something exciting. 26 students out of 270 or so, many who already believe in Jesus, 
26 students professed faith in Christ who had never professed faith before. Think about that. 26. Many, many other in the hundreds said, I want to spend time with one of the leaders. I want to talk about Jesus. Hundreds said, I want to be in a small group. They heard his voice. His voice comes through the ordinary means of grace, his word and prayer and the Holy Spirit. You may be hearing his voice for the first time today. And what you hear from his holy word is that his sheep hear his voice. He also tells us that he knows his sheep. In verse 27, I know them. That's what's wonderful about Christianity is it's a relationship that we have with God where he knows us and he knows us perfectly. And we know him, and we're learning to know more and more about him all along the journey to the day where we will see him face to face. And then he says, and they follow me, these three descriptors of Jesus' sheep. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Those are marks of Christians. Is that you? Today, can you say boldly, yes, that is who I am. I've heard his voice I know him. I'm following him. And if it's true of you, listen to what he promises in the next verse. Verse 28. I give them eternal life. That means all who profess faith in Jesus, all who have heard his voice, all who know him, all who are following his way because they know him, they have eternal life. And then he goes on with this double negative to say, they will never perish. A double negative, a very strong A very, very strong statement. They will never perish. If you're in Jesus, you're never going to perish. Yes, your physical body will perish this side of heaven unless Christ returns before, but you will live on into eternity as will all who trust in Jesus. I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That violent word, snatch, like a thief coming up on a woman and snatching her purse, violently running, or a thief snatching something of great purity on another. Nothing can snatch you, Christian, out of his hand. And Jesus then says in verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. He is the one great father. He is the only great father. He is the best. He's perfect. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Do you see what Jesus has done? First he says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is God. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. The Father is God. I and the Father are one. One God. One God in essence, two persons of the Trinity, but this God, Father and Son, and certainly the profound work of the Holy Spirit, keeps his sheep in his grip. This side of heaven, Jesus Christ never promised to take pain away. This side of heaven, We can go through experiences in our marriage, in our parenting, in our physical bodies which decay and show the frailty of of what it means to be in a fallen world. But 
in the midst of every circumstance, Christian, you are in the grip of God. When you're sitting in the doctor's office waiting for that doctor to come in, and when she comes in and she brings a report that is so hard to hear, you're in his grip if you're in Christ. When you sit in the waiting room looking around at the faces of people you don't know, but they know something of your story too because they're waiting too, you're in his grip. Moms, when you drop your children off at school and they didn't want to go and they've had a bad day, they've experienced a bully, you can't be present, can you? You can't follow them every step of the way, but God has them, these Christian children, in his grip. The grip of God is omnipotent. It's all-powerful. The grip of God is all-loving. All it's good. No matter what the circumstances are, my friends, if you're in Christ, you are perfectly in his grip. So perfect is the grip of God that the most terrifying place any human being would ever face, it's not the operating room, it's not the waiting room, it's not the court, it would be the day of judgment. And every Christian is secure in the hands of Christ and the Father on the day of judgment. Why? Because the Father, Abba, which means Daddy, sent His Son to walk upon this earth. His Son never sinned. Not once. Tempted constantly, He never sinned. He never sinned turned away from the Father. He was perfect in the Father's hands. This one true God. But then in order to save us, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ received the crushing blow of the Father's hand. His Father's hand. Isaiah says it was the will of the Father to crush him so that we could have eternal life. And there Jesus' hands go up on the cross and the nails go in and the nails go in his feet. And Jesus is crushed by the weight of sin. And Jesus is crushed by the weight of his Father's wrath. And Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you, my friend, if you believe in Jesus, could be wrapped forever in the perfect hand of Jesus as one of his sheep. In the perfect hand of the Father as one of the Father's sheep. So that you would not have to fear that day of judgment. Because when the Father sees you, you are safe. Nothing can snatch you from his hand. You can't snatch yourself from his hand. His hand is perfect. The circumstances of this life tempt you to believe otherwise, I know. Moments of great fear and terror. Things we see on TV, like what happened at this church. It makes you worry. It makes you wonder, what is going on in the world? But my friends, if you are in Christ, you are perfectly secure for all eternity. No one 
not the enemy, not you. Nothing can snatch you from the hand of God. Have you heard his voice? Do you know him? Are you following him? If you are, you are his sheep. You're safe in his hand. If today you know you have not professed faith in Christ, all that I have told you, that is his promise for those in his grip, is not yet true for you. May this be the day when you would come to a place and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can save me. As we close in singing, and then as I close this in prayer, it would be a wonderful time for you to pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Save me. And like the story that's already been told this morning and like the 26 students and the Florida troop who profess faith in Christ, you too have become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This is your story, your story of rescue. This is the story of all who profess faith in Christ. You are safe, perfectly safe in his grip. Thank you, Jesus, for these encouraging words. And thank you for your testimony in our midst. Father, as we stand to sing, make your voice heard in the hearts and minds of any who don't know you. Speak in the ways only you can, Lord, through your word and through prayer. Holy Spirit, make that call effectual. Show irresistible grace even now. And bring people to yourself. And for those who are already saved, already safe in you, Lord Jesus, would you give us the ability for just a few minutes to pause and to sing and to soak in the reality of what this great hymn means, that we have perfect assurance because it's you, the perfect one, holding us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.